first of all, they're so young. They're really, they're half my age. Uh, so there's a few older people, these planning groups, but it's mostly young people. It's college, you know, people in their 20s, people in their 30s. So that that's a change I haven't seen, you know, for an awful long time, especially for local events, that it's really being organized and, and the, the emotion is really coming from a, a different generation. They really know social media. They know how to get coverage in the various uh, Kingston Freeman, uh, various other news organizations, and that's part of their planning. Um, I'm very impressed with uh, this, the next generation. It's real experience working with these people to plan this event. These events, they, they, we've had one in Newburgh, we had one in Poughkeepsie, we have had one in Rhinebeck, and we, this is the second one actually uh, in Kingston. And, and I, is there and, a specific group that they're working under the banner of? Well, we have, uh, I would say, 15 to 20 organizations uh, that are helping us do this. The ones I know of, and I'm, I'm a member of uh, Veterans for Peace, for example, Jewish Voice for Peace, uh, Mideast Crisis Response, Women in Black. But there's a whole bunch of new uh, groups involved, including the college, Students for Justice in Palestine, and uh, the DSA, Democratic Socialists of America, uh, so there are definitely new youth groups involved in this as well. So tell me about what actually happened on Friday. Well, uh, we had gathered outside the county legislature, and we had made a call out for tents. And so I think we had about five tents. We just picked up and marched uh, with them uh, along with the crowd. We had some uh, additional very large puppets, so it was more like a gala event uh, as we marched uh, through Wall Street and eventually came to Pat Ryan's office where the uh, tents were put down again and uh, signs were put on them and uh, people essentially occupied the streets in front of the tents and uh, people gave uh, talks for about an hour. The banners were hung from the building that Pat Ryan's office uh, is in. Uh, I think there were two or three very large banners uh, urging him to support ceasefire now, which he's resisted doing. He's resisted talking about the Palestinians. He's resisted, you know, calling for an end to the slaughter. If you press him, he'll talk about his Jewish family, but that's not really what we, we've asked him. You know, he, he never gives a good reason why he's against the ceasefire, will hardly ever acknowledge that over 8,000 children have been massacred in this uh, bombing uh, by Israel. You know, he, he really doesn't want to talk about that. And, and that's why we, we keep pushing it and demanding that, you know, he talk with us. And I've been in two meetings with him. He's very nice. He's very considerate. He's, he's really sort of playing his... Uh, young man, you know, with a lot of courage and he's, you know, been in the army, graduated from West Point, blah, blah, blah. He plays on that, but he, he never really answers the basic question of why he's not for a ceasefire. We haven't 
sort of nailed him yet about his contributions from the Israel lobby, which is a real problem. He gets around 30000 uh, a year from the Israel lobby. So, you know, what does that buy him? So we're, we're really, really pushing this. And uh, so with meetings for him, I'm, you know, uh, we're asking questions uh, uh, like that, like what's, what's the money by uh, you? And, um, and he really doesn't, you know, he, he first said uh, right off that he doesn't get money from the Israel lobby. But when we uh, talked about open secrets, you know, he backed off from that and, uh, you know, acknowledged that he does get some money from the Israel lobby. We, uh, it's a lot of money, 28000 a year. And what does that, uh, what does that buy him, you know? Well, I want to get to some of his statements here, but one of the things he says is that he has a plan for a lasting peace that he's put out there. Yeah, his plan for a lasting peace is uh, the two-state solution, which... Uh, Israel has never wanted, uh, has, has brought in about 700,000 settlers to make sure there isn't any, you know, land for uh, a Palestinian homeland. Uh, so the the realities on the ground really don't support that at all. And, um, you know, that, that's just another way of saying, well, let's work on this. But Israel's been saying the same thing for 30 years, you know. Uh, offering a two-state solution, but uh, at the same time filling up the Palestinian state with Israeli settlers. Um, and so there really is no state, you know, left for the Palestinians. It's just another obfuscation, you know, looking like you're doing something, but not doing anything at all. Let's talk about this press release that came out from his office on the day of the protest says, Today, a crowd attempted to forcibly enter our office in Kingston, climbing the roof, interrupting work with constituencies, and directly threatening my staff. They had to throw their bodies in front of a door to keep the crowd from forcing it open and fear for their safety. In the media, some people at the protest saying this isn't true and that they were actually talking with the young the staff that were at the office. Uh, did you witness any of this? Do you know anything about what happened? Well, uh, I didn't go up the stairs, and so I wasn't a direct witness to that. I've I talked to a number of people who have said that there was no shouting, that there was no pushing. There was an attempt to talk to the people in his office, but that there was no violence. Uh, so, but, you know, that's, I didn't see it firsthand, so I, I can't guarantee. I think it's, exactly what the Zionists want to do is, of course, he turns the focus on trying to invade his office so he doesn't have to talk about 8,000 Palestinian children, 22,000 civilians that have been killed in Gaza. He he preferred to talk about, well, did you push on the door? Did you knock too hard? You know, were you yelling? According right. to the witnesses I've talked about, there wasn't any yelling at all. There wasn't any trying to push the door open. So, you know, it's a typical response of people who don't want to talk about the larger issues. They want to just talk about how they were threatened by the demonstrators. So it's it's just a ploy, and the, the media goes right along with it. You know, half the article is 
you know, did they try to push them their way in? Did did somebody yell? Was somebody fearful? You know, these are the issues they'd like to concentrate on rather than why the U.S. is slaughtering people and committing genocide in Gaza. You know, 2.2 million people. They would rather not talk about that. Tell me if you if you've got any events coming up and what you're thinking about right now to keep your sure. float and keep working. Well, we have a great panel that's going to be at Upstate Films on the 28th. And uh, it's really an interesting panel. We have uh, two Palestinians and uh, two uh, Jewish. Uh, one is uh, a man who fought uh, in the Israeli Defense Forces uh, citizen of Israel. Uh, another of the speakers is the um, New Paltz faculty member. Uh, she's a, a Jewish uh, chaplain there. Uh, then we have uh, Talal Jabari. He's a Palestinian filmmaker from Rhinebeck. And then we have Raz Sadiq, a Jordanian-Palestinian artist, and she lives in uh, New Paltz. So we've done one panel of them and they discuss uh, Israel-Palestine and how we got where we got and and how to end the bloodshed. Uh, We turned down about a hundred people who couldn't get in. It was that popular. And people want to make sense out of this. I think people are are desperate to to understand what they could possibly do uh, to stop this bloodshed. So uh, that's coming up Sunday, January 28th. Upstate Films. It's called Yearning for Peace and Justice, a teach-in on Israel-Palestine.